Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. everybody. Mark and Steve here with the PBSC podcast uh, coming at you with episode 187. You can believe it. Coming up on that big 200. We'll have to do something nifty for that. <laughs> Looking forward to that day. It's uh, great to be with you guys today. Um, we've got a great uh, question that came in from a listener, um, longtime listener, actually, which we appreciate. It's nice that we've been around long enough. We can say we have longtime listeners, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, we're, we're on year. F- we're working on year four, four of this podcast, if you can believe is that. It? wild wow 50, 52 episodes per year and uh yep we that's are right that's right wild. absolutely wow. wild anyway we're uh grateful to have a longtime listener here with us and this is what she says Longtime listener now and i've recommended your podcast to many uh many times to others in recovery thank you for for saying that thank you for all your professionalism vulnerability and all the resources you put together again very kind uh, my question today is about so-called edging quote unquote which refers to masturbation without orgasm there seems to be confusion about whether this behavior is harmful, how or whether it fits into recovery, and how or whether it fits into a committed relationship, even without pornography or fantasy. Would you please share any wisdom you have around this behavior? Thank you for all that you do. And this is a, you know, this is a great topic because we've talked about edging kind of in passing, I think, here before. But out of over, you know, over three years of episodes now, I don't think we've ever done one on edging, which is not, actually kind of not cool. specifically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a gr- great question and something that we're we're happy to talk about today. So I'm 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 excited to jump into this. Well, and I think you know to start this out, you and I we we talked about this at length, Steve. Where we there uh, there there are certain things that we don't want this podcast episode to be about, and one of the things we don't want this to be about is we're not trying to come up with specific ironclad rigid definitions about different kinds of sexual behaviors or, you know, the, the, the 10 commandments of, of healthy sexuality by Mark and Steve, and we're going to go down yes. each commandment. That is not what this episode is about. And we know that it easily falls into that place because 
naturally you want ironclad answers. Okay, tell us what's right. Tell us what's wrong. Then I can use that declaration to go confront my partner. And now you're right that the whole thing has been declared. And we we feel that we we've been there, but we really we really wouldn't do any kind of a positive service or be of help to all of you listening if we took that approach. It would be mm-hmm. quite simple. Yep, here it is, ironclad, pound the desk, and be done with this episode. But we want instead for this to be an episode about what does it mean to find your healthy space? What does it mean to figure out what is most authentic to you and to your coupleship? What is what is going to help you to move into your 2.0, right? 1.0's been addiction and dysfunctional relationship and all the destruction and crap that's gone on. How do we move into 2.0? Yeah. What's Steve 2.0, Mark 2.0, Dave 2.0, you know, um, Kathy or Cindy 2.0. That's what this episode's really about is how do you do that instead of just rigid definitions? Now, having said that, okay, edging, let's just, uh, Steve, you pretty much said in their question what that is. It's it's basically self-stimulation without achieving ejaculation or climax. That's pretty much what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm self-stimulating for whatever technique or length of time or whatever, but I stop just prior to reaching climax. Now that's a, now that, and that is true. And that definitely applies to masturbation. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about today for sure is that, you know, edging usually it is used in that context, right? When we typically hear that in our clinics, that's what usually most people are referring to, right? How close can I take this to the edge without, without going over the climax cliff? And does that count as a relapse quote unquote or not? Right. Right. Um, but I, one thing that we wanted to invite everybody to do today is to be thinking about this concept of edging in, in, in a much bigger uh, context, because rather than thinking about it as a standard reference to, you know, masturbation without orgasm, Think of this more in terms of an approach to recovery versus not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because edging, technically, when we work with clients, I mean, we work with and I work with clients literally all over the globe and um, with a whole variety of behaviors that, that oftentimes encompass things like pornography and masturbation, but extended a whole a whole other range of of things all along the emotional and and sexual spectrum. And when you look at the concept of edging, this idea of taking something as close to the cliff before I have to take some sort of action, right? Whether it's reporting to my wife because she has a boundary about these kinds of behaviors, right? Or or this sort of behavior, whatever the case may be, it opens up the definition a lot more. Because for example, I have clients who have towed the line with extramarital relationships. They have edged with those, right? Oh, Steve, it's not actually an emotional affair, right? Because- these things haven't happened yet, right? Or we haven't talked about these topics. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was just good old-fashioned flirting in the office. Yeah, yeah okay. it really didn't cross the line. Yeah, that kind the of same thing. thing hold, and the same yeah. thing holds true with these other behaviors, right? Like scanning, for example, is one that you brought up, Mark, right? Like, you, I know you, you and I both have kind of been the kings of edging scanning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, so here's, a, here's a, I'm going to call this an infamous example. I hope this, well, I'm going to offend somebody. So if I do, I, I, I don't know how else to do it. But there is something used in, in some pretty standard recovery circles called the three-second rule. Sure. 
if I'm in public and I notice that I start to object to, you know, check out people's body parts, as long as I catch myself and be mindful within three seconds, then that's not a slip or a relapse. Well, let me tell you what Mark's addict opportunistic brain did with that one. Do you want to know the amount of body parts I could take into my head within three seconds in a public space? Well, and not just take into your head, if you're like me at all, <laughs> sear it into your brain like a branding iron. Oh, right? yeah. And then and then do what? Use those that quote three second recording later. Sure. And I wanted to have, you know, fantasy, my own private Mark's pornography library in his head fantasy session about what I saw in three seconds earlier today at the mall. Sure. Sure. See, that's another example of edging. So I never have liked that three second rule. To me, that's I mean, I understand in basic, basic, rudimentary beginning recovery, if you need to have some sort of a benchmark, yeah, boy, you would need to graduate out of that pretty quick Correct. to, to go into, into the real place we want to talk about, which is the place of intention. Absolutely. Now, this is a higher, this is a higher level of recovery and healthy, healthy living and healthy relationships. Let's not candy coat it because we can stay in the place of rigid specific, you know, definitions and commandments about what's right and what's not. Or we can say, you know what, I think I'm ready to graduate into this higher, more evolved place of what is my intention? Yes. With regard to self-stimulation or scanning in public or fantasies in my brain or how I'm interacting with someone in the workplace or right sex with my spouse. Yeah. Or even with my own spouse. Right. This yeah. can apply to any behavior. Right. Because we we talk so often on the program about how recovery is a lifestyle change. We use that phrase a lot. It's not just a shift in behavior. It's not just it's not something one of those big mistakes I think people make when they start the recovery journey is they look at this kind of as a, OK, I, I need to heal from this. And through this healing process, I'm going to do this set of external behaviors and things. Right. Like I'm in a hospital, like I've been admitted. And then eventually I'm going to be discharged and I'm going to go back to just how I always lived. And that is not how recovery works. This is not a hospital stay and then you leave. Yeah, I'm going to do the check the boxes, you know, meet with the requirements. And then once I've, quote, completed all that, now we can move on. And I just live the way I lived before. And that's not how it works. It is a lifestyle change. Right. And if we're talking about a lifestyle change, now we enter this realm of what is my intention? The place where that gets, this is where it gets, this is really advanced stuff that we're talking about, everybody. But we want so much for for all of you to get to a place where you can walk through this door, right? Because what is this about? My intention is about what is my choice in this moment? How is that affecting the authentic self, the ideal vision of me? Mark 2.0, how is this current choice affecting me moving in that direction? How is it, how is it going to, right? As I look, look ahead and I, I go down this choice or this pattern of thinking, right? Or this, this way that I view the world, this paradigm, right? As I continue on in this, right? What is the tra- what's the trajectory, I think, is the wording that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, what's right? the trajectory? Not just what's this going to be like right now or five minutes or an hour or, or tonight, but how does this affect me tomorrow and next week and next month? Right. How is this in harmony or not in harmony with the vision of what I have for myself moving forward? Yeah. And that's not to say, how does it then also impact the vision I have for this most important relationship that I'm in, uh, right? A marriage or a partnership. We're just talking about the individual authentic self right now. 
Yes. Well, we probably ought to bring up this other term because we're we're kind of using them interchangeably because there's actually two components to this. When it when it comes to this, you know, this living in an authentic way or the pursuit of the authentic self, quote unquote, that we talk about on here all the time. And we'll talk more about the authentic self in just a second. Uh, it, we are talking about definitely intention, but the other side of it that you have to weigh when it comes to authenticity and, and real, real recovery, real change is not just intention, but also impact. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so their intention is, well, this is the trajectory that I'm aiming for, that I'm shooting for. Right. It's 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 the more looking ahead, whereas impact is that same sort of a mindset, but rather rather than how is this choice going to contribute or not to me being my authentic self? It's honest self-evaluation, right? Having just engaged in X or Y, Z thing, whether it's an activity or a conversation or a paradigm, again, a viewpoint that I'm holding, holding on to this paradigm up to this point, how is, what is, what trajectory is that creating for me as I look back, right? Where is it taking me? Yeah. And I think, so you just, you introduced Steve to really important parts of self-honesty and self-evaluation because I've, and and this is no easy thing. We we don't use the words honest self-evaluation or honest self-reflection lightly. How do you even get to the place where you have the ability to honestly, transparently look at yourself? That is a whole road of recovery and healthy living and healthy relationships that Steve and I still work on every day. Honest self-evaluation. For example, okay, I'm going to go to the water park for a kid's birthday party. What is my intention as I start to decide whether I should attend that event or not? What is my intent going into that space? Mm. I can tell you what Mark's intent was during my addict years. Oh, I had a whole plan worked out about going to the water park. Everything that was going to happen, everything I was going to see, how it was going to go. Versus my intention today going into that setting is, is radically altered. Who are the people I love and care about that are going to be there? How am I going to connect with them and be fully present with them? How am I going to have this be a really fun and awesome, memorable experience for all of us? Yes. Very different from the addict Mark with, Mark, with regard to intention back in the day. Sure. Well, and, it, and, you're, and I love how we're using the intentional language because what is addiction, right? On a core level, it is this pattern of escaping but and numbing out and all the things that we talk about, but it's doing it through a reactive lens, right? It's the it's the limbic system just firing on this overdrive mentality of what's going to feel good right now. That's just yeah. the constant question it's asking, right? What's going to feel good right now in the next two minutes, in the yeah, next what, minute? In the, what do I want? I want? I want what I want and I want it now. Yeah. And how do I respond? Right. And, and, and like, so for example, if I'm in pain, how do I make the pain go away? Right. It's all about this immediate kind of environmental thinking and it's very reactionary. It's very re- instinctual. What we're talking about here, this lifestyle shift, this pursuit of the authentic self is the exact opposite. It's a prefrontal cortex brain engagement, right? I'm looking at how, where is this taking me? Is it taking me where I want to go? Here's this vision that I have of my authentic self, right? Which as you guys have heard us talk about on here is essentially in in the most basic components is who am I trying to live today, right? Like what are the values? What are the parts of me that I want people to think of me and view me as, and that I, that I hold personal to me. And it's a mix of that and who I'm trying to become, right? Right. In five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, right. The, The direction that I'm heading. And so it's, it's all about 
putting both my choices that are coming up again, intention about how is that going to impact or take me either closer or further away from that person. And then this impact evaluation is all about as I look back on the movie I just watched or the experience that I just had with my partner or, you know, the, whatever it is, right. As I look back, am I now closer to that person now as a result of just having done that? Done yeah, that, said I, yeah, that. Am I, am I that. closer to the ideal that I'm shooting for for myself? That I get closer to that? Yes. Or one of the questions <clears throat> I really try to ask myself today is I is I go into any sort of situation, is is this going to bring me closer not only to the ideal that I'm trying to move toward, but does it also have the potential to put me back in old ways of thinking? Mm-hmm. This throw me back into old addiction mindsets and habits and ruts and wiring. I have to keep a close eye on that in my life. Mm-hmm. It's not like, does this move me in the direction I want to go? Does this take me backward? Because yeah. I can go backward pretty quick if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm not mindful. So true. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I I love that. So so and, and now this authentic self, it's important to note that this extends beyond just the self, right? Because when I'm looking at at the kind of at myself through an authentic lens, it's not just about who am I and what I'm trying to become. That also incorporates the relationships I'm trying to cultivate. Yes. And this is where, you know, this this recovery discussion goes from just the me to the we that we oftentimes talk about. Because my authentic self also incorporates what kind of marriage am I trying to foster? Right. With the relationships that I have with other people, how do I want to show up in those versus not? Um, Do I want to be fake versus transparent? What degree do I want to be transparent with? What do I want intimacy with other people, not just sexual, but emotional look like? Right. All of those different questions. And so when it comes to the the relationship in the in the marriage and it comes to this recovery discussion, the questions aren't just going to be centered around, well, how did this just impact me? How how is this decision going to impact, for example, the safety of my spouse? The and, and this is where authenticity and the pursuit of it, Mark said that this is advanced stuff. And it's true because that honest self-evaluation oftentimes will involve examining different parts of our own authenticity and asking which part is more authentic, right? Which part hits more close to home than maybe another. Yeah. So which part, which part do I value more? Yes. We actually right. had we actually did a podcast a while back that it talked about some of these things about scanning in public and what kinds of movies do I attend and do I go to concerts or swimming pools. And we had a we had a guy reach out to us and he was not happy. He he basically said, "You you guys all sound like my like my partner. You sound like my wife." Right? And 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 what he was telling us, look, I want to go to a concert or a movie or a, or a swimming pool or whatever I want to do. That's my business. I get yeah. to do what I want to do. And while we we certainly honor and appreciate that he has his choice, he he he's not tuning into what we're talking about now. Correct. Authenticity is just not you as a man alone on an island unless you decide that that's what it is. Unless you decide that's the life you want to have. Yeah, you can say, well, what's authentic to me is for me to just be me and screw everybody else. You could that could be authentic to you, but you have to realize the cost Yes. It comes with that. Correct. And that's what we're saying. It's uh, the authentic self is not just me alone on an island, Mark isolated. It's authentic to me because there are people I care about and want to be connected to. 
and I want to have trust built with, and I enjoy being with, that's also a big part of my authenticity because they and that matter to me greatly. Absolutely. So therefore, how does that impact my choices in the moment? You know, and, and it's critical to be looking at it through this lens. And, and and for most of us addicts, this is a real struggle, right? We have a hard enough time engaging kind of in that prefrontal cortex mindset of long-term trajectory, right? Breaking out of that sort of limbic system approach is really hard. But then when you talk about this kind of more advanced mindfulness, it is, there is some, um, some triaging that goes on. I mean, I'll just give an easy example that we come across all the time, right? I had a guy actually just the other week. Uh, he has a group of friends that he likes to spend time with. But historically, there have been some interactions with him and this group of friends that the, that the wife has considered to be really problematic, mm. right? He's, they, they oftentimes will send certain texts back and forth or pictures or jokes or whatever the case is that she has found to be highly offensive. And, and remember, this is in the context of a couple where he's engaged in a long pattern of betrayal, right? There, he's dealing with an addiction. She's in recovery. He's in recovery. So trust between these two is in, in, is in, a, is in the process of trying to be re, redone after a lot of battering, a lot of hammering, a lot of damage. And for him, it was, it's a huge struggle. I should say is because it's present. It's a big struggle for him because he really cares about this group of friends. And it's true that much of the interaction he has with these guys is legitimately positive. And I will validate that for him, right? It's not as though it's all negative. But right now, given where his recovery is at and where his relationship with his wife is at, he is facing this exact choice, right? We talked about this very thing also on Dare to Connect, our Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses, and couples, right? <laughs> we, we, we did this just the other day with, with somebody else in a different scenario where we were talking about this idea of, you know, you have to decide not just what is going to work for you, but is this taking you authentically in the direction of your recovery journey and where you want that to go as a couple? Right. Because even though that situation, that activity, that whatever, it may not impact you. We talked about this, I believe, in our couple session, you know, on Fridays. It was a Friday a couple of weeks back. You have to look at this idea and pay attention to the reality that, yeah, you may go and have a really good time at this. But if your wife is living in fear for the next three hours, and is triggered six ways to Sunday and also, you know, and is using your tools. But despite that, it comes with an impact to, again, her safety, the safety of the marriage and the other things that you're trying to work towards. We're not telling you that the decision automatically needs to be, well, just bail on the activity. It means that you have to get really real with yourself and with your partner and really be able to examine authentically with where we want to go and where we are at now. What is this relationship able to really bear? Mm. Right. And, and which of those relationships I might, in other words, I might have to choose not necessarily in an ultimatum fashion between two relationships per se, but I might today have to choose which of those I need to nurture more, which one needs to be protected more, right? Which one, whatever. So this is, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. This is not easy. This is not easy. No, stuff. no. And it, and it also, it also shows how, how changing and evolving this process is because I can tell you that there were things in my early to mid recovery that had to be off the table without exception. Correct. But today I can engage in those in a healthy way and, and, and completely honor my relationship. Absolutely. And my wife is okay with those, but there was, yes. a, there was quite a lengthy time where there was no way. Yep. Absolutely. No Absolutely. Way. 
In fact, on, on Dare to Connect today, we talked about this very thing. Right now on Dare to Connect, we're kind of doing a special a special week where I'm actually going to be out of town for something. And so before we get into next month's topic, we have a monthly topic on the program. We also like to mix it up with kind of real world scenarios. And I'm going to be out of town. And today in the attic session, we walked guys through realistically what recovery looks like when I'm out of town. The stuff that I do, the steps that I take to stay safe, what my process looks like. And on Wednesday, my wife is actually going to come on the program on Dare to Connect. And we're going to walk the audience through how did that look at the beginning? What did the recovery look like for us as a coupleship, right? At the beginning, how that's evolved over time. And we're going to have a really cool discussion about it, right? That's the kind of stuff that we have to be, that, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here, right? Is looking at this, like Mark said, how does this look now? And where do, where do I need to land on this decision, on this priority today, recognizing that maybe that will change down the road? But where am I at today? Yeah. Right. What do I need to choose? Well, and the thing that concerns me greatly, especially for a lot of the guys in recovery or who are in, uh, wanting to get into recovery or thinking about it, one of the things that uh, someone have asked me, Mark, if you could change some things, if you went back to your addiction years and getting into recovery, what would you change? And I'll tell you one thing absolutely for certain. I tended to be very stubborn and uh, fairly arrogant and prideful and digging my heels on on certain issues mm. like this movies I can see or places I can go or stuff I can do. And man, I would dig my heels in hard to absolutely retain my complete and utter total independence from anyone else. And today I could have saved myself and my wife and our coupleship a lot of agony and pain had I not dug my heels in so deeply in the yeah. middle stages of this. I wish I had been more able to step back as an observer and watcher and just say, hmm, let me look at this from all angles and really look and see what is not just authentic or, or needed for me, but also for, for we, for us. I wish I had been better at that. I wish I had been more willing to learn the skills and practice them back back, back in the early to mid times on that because that caused a lot of pain. Amen. Absolutely. Well, guys, I know we got to let you run, but uh, we, we have appreciated the topic. This has been a great one to tackle. Um, as we kind of wrap up and take this full circle, so the, the question was about edging today. I guess that's the question everybody has to ask themselves, every addict in particular, right? How do I want to approach this recovery thing? Right? Do I want to take the edging approach? Do I want to? Because this doesn't apply. We didn't even get into positive behaviors, right? Yeah. Do I want to be? Because this could equally apply there, right? Do I want to be edging when it comes to my to my recovery proactive efforts? Do I want to just do the bare minimum on the assignments that I get? Do I want to just maybe listen to that podcast and not get into DC for some reason? Dare to connect, even though I know deep down I should. <laughs> right. Whatever the case may be. Right. Whatever that is for you. We have that's that's a little tongue in cheek there. OK, I'm not trying to guilt and trip anybody for not being in Dare to Connect, although you should be. You should be <laughs> in Dare to Connect. But uh, and if you're not, come check out the two week two week trial at Dare to Connect now dot com. We'd love to have you over there. Yeah. But but what we would say is, is everybody has to decide right? how is what is your approach going to look like? What that what's that going to be? And And that's both the burden and the blessing of this process. It's up to you. Right. You get to decide rather than yeah. having two two dudes who have a lot of therapeutic training and a lot of recovery under their belt trying to split the baby for you. This is one of those that the, the you're standing in front of the book and the pages are blank. What do you want to write? Yeah. You all in half in a quarter in not in. 
right? You, you get to decide. You get to decide which of these, quote, edging behaviors are healthy and not, connecting and not, taking you and your coupleship where you want or not. It's, it's, it's in your court. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the assignment today is simple as we wrap up. Everybody, if you haven't done this already, and if you have, go back and, and look at it. Sit down and begin to explore that authentic self in the various roles that you take on in your life. As a husband, wife, father, partner, mother, professional, right? Churchgoer, whatever it is, and look at those different areas and say, you know, where am I at? Am I moving towards where I want to go? And what does that person look like? And then begin to implement what we talked about today. So once you've created that and really spent the time to explore that, whatever that is for you, then you start going through those different areas of your life and you start asking yourself through that lens, you know, are these decisions I'm making day to day, are they reflective of that? Am I reacting to the world around me and living in a reactive place? Or am I living in a proactive, purpose-driven, intentional place? Right. And am I moving towards that? Exactly. Love that. There you go. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for being with us again. And uh, we will pick things uh, back up in our next episode. Sounds great, everybody. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.